helping women get confident on camera is one of the things that just lights me up. And every time I see someone fly on camera, it just makes me so happy because I know I'm helping them create opportunities, create income. That's the way that I look at it because I'm giving someone else abundance whenever I get on camera. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Soa Ajay Pelly, and welcome to episode 77 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet Zaylee Barclay. Zaylee is a video coach for online business owners. She helps them use video to create an online presence that helps them stand out in an already crowded space. Outside of meeting in person, video is probably the fastest way for potential clients to get to know you and build enough trust to make a purchase. Think about how you feel about your favorite YouTubers, actors, or politicians after watching them every week for years. You probably feel like you know them well. I remember being on Instagram and never showing up without makeup. And then when I started coaching, I realized that I'm making my people insecure. I'm I'm giving them the wrong message. You can show up without all of the glam and still get your message across. So I started showing myself without it. And this was for my students. So I started putting myself out there to show them, hey, you can do this too. You know, it's not about how you look. And so the the shift in that is realizing your purpose. During our conversation, Zaylee shares tips on the kind of equipment we're going to need when we first start out with video. She also shares how we can get the best lighting and spoiler alert, it doesn't really have to cost you much. For a lot of you, you probably think you're going to need a professional crew when you first start creating video content for your business. But in this episode, Zaylee shares the pros and cons of using a professional crew versus going the DIY route. Before we hear the rest of Zaylee's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes. This will help to spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories like Zaylee's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with online video coach Zaylee Barclay. Zaylee Barclay, welcome to She's Offscript. Thank you for being here today. Yes, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. For the listeners who haven't heard of you, could you share who you are and what you do? Um, <laughs> a few things, but primarily I am Zaylee Barclay. I'm a content creation coach, a visual content creation coach, but I really specialize in video. I love helping people get confident on camera and really share their passion and purpose to monetize that. I feel like you can definitely connect on a deeper level with video and you can get where you're going faster. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go on. I have to say, I love your story and you are so good at sharing it. You're a great visual and verbal storyteller. You had shared recently with ConvertKit the story Mm -hmm. of your grandmother and how she was an entrepreneur. So how do you think her being an entrepreneur fueled your drive to launch your own business? It's, It's so insane. I feel like it's what I was born into is what I saw, you know, um, as a kid, as a really young kid growing up, I would be sitting at her feet and she had like a little market and she would provide food and goods for the villagers because I was born in Trinidad and Tobago, a really tiny, tiny little town, um, away in the bushes girl. And so you know, know my, the first time I heard of Trinidad and Tobago was Uh when you guys had your first miss 
World or Miss Universe. Oh, wow. the I was yes. super young and they were like, Trinidad and Tobago. Yes. Oh, no. She's a brown girl. I know. It wasn't even Google at the time, but oh, wow. I still remember it because I was yes. how old I was when you guys had your first. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> that was some good memory. Um, that was Miss Universe. Uh, we had a Miss World way back, but mm-hmm. Miss Universe was the second big win that we had. And that was amazing. Yeah. And that was so powerful seeing her anyway. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I was born in Trinidad and I was able to see my grandmother work so hard um, with her market and she made so much food and she made so much goods and people just loved her. And just seeing her exchange money for uh, goods and services was huge for me. And I think even as I grew, um, and I didn't share much of this on the convert kid story because we had a limited time, but my dad worked for himself. His father worked for himself. So I've wow. seen it. Been like your lineage. Yes. So it's kind of like growing up, um, my mom and dad were separate. And so I would go spend time at my dad's and spend time at my mom's. And so one thing that was um, always memorable to me is that that my dad, my grandfather had his office in his home and every family member had an office in their home, like all of my dad's brothers. And so that's what I saw. And so it's only when I started looking for my own home, I realized I was always looking for an office space. And then I connected mm-hmm. back to that, like, oh, wow, that's kind of what I grew up with, with business transactions happening all around me, um, seeing the exchange of goods and services. And I remember when I first started exchange, exchanging goods and services for money, it was so scary. And my dad would tell me, why can't you just do it? And I'm like, dad, I don't know. So it's like, even though I grew with it, there came the time to take action and I was still afraid. So I still had to process things on that journey. So it's not like it was there and I completely killed it when I started because girl, I didn't. Plus you're operating in a totally different landscape than oh, they yes. were, right? Yes. So it takes a little bit of getting used to when it's yes. a different kind of audience as well. Exactly. But fast forward from your grandmother you get a scholarship, you land in New York, yes. you land a job at a top PR firm, Yeah. work for a great finance company, mm-hmm. and then you quit to become a babysitter. Why yeah. the drastic change? <laughs> well, so I was a babysitter in college. So, you know, even though I had a scholarship, I still had to buy books. I still had things that popped when I was like, I didn't know about this. So um, I started out babysitting. And I think it's very customary for women from the Caribbean to, that's your first stop, babysitting. And so I saw my mom being a babysitter. I saw her friends and people around us. And I was like, okay, so, and they were making good money. And I was like, all right, so all of my college friends had jobs that were probably at fast food restaurants and things like that. And I was like, no, I'm going to do babysitting because that's what I see. And that's what I would be comfortable with. And I, it was scary, but, um, so I started off making $20 an hour with one kid. And so I was like, and they were making $8 an hour, $7 an hour. So I was like, I'm not not bad, but of course you have to factor in that it is New York. Exactly. No, that's true. But I also knew people that were making less than me, um, babysitting. So, so I kind of started understanding, um, you know, 
demanding, not even demanding. I think where I sold myself was I was an only child Mm -hmm. and the first kid I babysat was an only child too. So I sold my ability to entertain and keep an only child engaged because I understood that. And I relate that now to my own business in that you've got to know yourself in order to market yourself confidently Mm -hmm. to your clients and your customers and your students. So yeah. That One is experience built on top of it another really does. to get you where you are now. Yes. So, but what I love about you is you're not afraid to make the leap, but make it in a very educated, yeah. precise fashion. So yeah. after living in New York for 12 years, you then mm-hmm. moved to Dallas without knowing yeah. anyone. So what prompted that move? Um, I was tired of New York and I had been tired of, tired of it for some years, but my partner didn't want to move. And then we decided to take a break or separate. And so I was like, I have no reason to stay here. I can now just go do what I want to do, go see the world. And we had been together since college. Mm. So it had been a stretch of time. And so now I found myself in a place where I really wanted to learn myself or relearn who I was again. And I felt like New York was wasn't the place to do that. So I started looking around. I had one student that I was really in consistent contact with um, because she loved my courses and classes. And so I asked her like, you know, Nicole, what is Dallas like? And she's like, girl, it is not like New York. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. I'm coming. And now that I look back, yeah, now that I look back, I laugh because, um, it was not such an educated guess. I, I'm, I don't know. I call it just God, just, you know, moving along with me and keeping me. I'm so thankful that I ended up loving Dallas because I just moved without everything. I just started completely fresh. I left all of my clothes, everything. I like moved with one like uh, travel bag and that was it. Wow. <laughs> and I had things waiting from Amazon on the other side in this place I'd never been to, this apartment that I'd never seen. And yeah, (laughs) like jaw drop, jaw drop. (laughs) And to think about where you are today, clearly Dallas is good for you. So talk to me about how your business has evolved from your days of sharing beauty tutorials on YouTube to now running a different sort of business. Yeah, it was really a crazy transition. I feel like in making videos about beauty and stuff, I was really happy doing it, but I found that it was harder for me to scale in the way that I wanted to scale. Um, I felt like the companies that I was interested in, they weren't ready to pay me what I was asking for. And I was like, there has to be another way for me to create this income that I'm in control of. I don't want to wait for someone to pay me. I want to be able to command my cash flow. And so one thing that I always got was your personality on camera is amazing. How do you do that? And I'm like, okay, take notes. And then um, your video quality is always amazing. You know, how do you do that? I'm like, okay, you know, this is something that I love. And I started helping others and I realized that I really fell in love with helping other people open up on camera. And so I decided to make that shift up and I did that within creating online courses. And so I became amazing at that too. And so I realized that I was in sort of a blue ocean where I knew so much about video content, how to create with video content, how to sell with it, how to build with it. Mm-hmm. And I knew so much about courses and I feel like they're so intertwined and people don't realize how much they really actually depend on each other um, for success. I know a lot of people also talk about having multiple streams of revenue as an entrepreneur. At the point where you knew you wanted to be in command of your own cash flow, what did those multiple streams of income look like for you? 
Um, so definitely courses, online courses are a huge part of what I do and what I love. I even help others to create their own online courses. Um, and with obviously with that mixture of video content being the determining factor of, you know, how you lead forward with it and also affiliates. So that was another way that I made money as well. Brand partnerships was another way. Um, I'm trying to remember if I'm sharing all, and I also own an agency where we completely create. So I teach people how to do it within courses, but I also just do it as well. Like done for you services? Yes. Ah, so now (laughs) do you find that companies are willing to pay you the price you're demanding? Yeah, it's different. So before it was me being an influencer and, you know, wanting that exchange of let me review your product or share about it, which is lucrative. Don't get me wrong. But I think what happened was I switched from focusing on influencing, um, into realizing what I can really offer a brand and how I can really help a brand, um, you know, get access to my audience, but more based on relationships. So that transactional, uh, thing that, you know, everyone was doing before where, you know, you just post one thing and that's it. I just realized that creating deeper relationships and now I'm seeing people talk about it so much more. Um, just becoming brand, a brand ambassador of sorts. Like I really rock with this brand. Most of the brands I share about are things that I've been using for years. Mm. It's even hard to get me to use something else. Like newer companies are like, girl, I'm like, this is what I love. And I, I really, really want to share with my people what I love and what mm-hmm. really works. That also builds the trust because we know that of you're course. not just rotating the flavor of the week in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I definitely take a hit for it, but it's a good hit. <laughs> when you think back to your PR and finance days, yeah. how would you say your life has changed? Because you talk a lot yeah. about mindset and health yeah. and wealth. Give us a peek into your, a day in your life today. Um, well, so I could, I could go back a little bit and give you a peek of a day into my life back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just, just getting up and wondering like, what am I doing? I remember years ago looking at a, an episode of Joan Rivers, um, rest in peace to her. And so she shared a, she shared a video where she was showing her calendar for the next few years and every single day was booked out and she was doing something she loved. And I was like, I want that. I felt like when I was working in corporate America, I didn't feel like I knew what was happening uh, a projection of what was happening. I felt like I only knew what my assi- assignments were that day. And I spent eight hours in this place where I wasn't working in alignment with my passion or helping anyone that I could see. And I feel like that's something for me. That's definitely a huge component of um, me thriving. I need to be able to see the results of what I'm doing rather than only be a little speck in the whole process of something going on. Um, that. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. so just, um, you know, dark train rides of, I have seen so many people cry on a New York city train, oh like gosh. break down and ball in their fancy suit and their briefcase. And, and those things stood out to me a lot. Like you can see that they were probably doing what they were doing for years and just tired. And, um, and people are so immune to it. You just sit down and you look directly in front of you and you just don't think about that person crying because you have your own stuff going on, you know? So yeah, things like that to now waking up, praying, meditating, working out, having the time to really command my day and realize that I am in control and that I am actually 
um, knowing what I'm doing for the next three, four months, if so, because Corona definitely taught us a lesson, girl. She said, <laughs> you, you yeah. don't have it all figured out. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, and learning how to pivot, especially when you have your own business. How do you then not lay down and decide, oh my gosh, I'm going to let everything else control me rather than you saying, hey, okay, this is what we're working with. All right. So these are the new moves that we need to make. So just being mm-hmm. able to shift. And I remember working um, in corporate in that company, in the last company I worked for, and the older folks would complain so much every time they changed something because they would change systems or processes. And they'd be like, you guys just changed this last week. I'm not doing this. I'm not coming to work anymore. And then <laughs> tomorrow morning, they're in the office. And so I just realized that I don't want to be so closed off to learning things, mm-hmm. new things that come along. I don't want to be that person. Kind of like the, the rap who are, because I love hip hop, (laughs) the rappers who are like, oh, the new rappers are this and that, you know, because times are changing and sometimes girl, because I don't know what some of them are doing, but that's not for me to decide. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new time. And so how can we pick up and see what they're doing right? And what we possibly did wrong? Like, it's just all about mental evolution. And I believe Mm -hmm. in that. So if you don't, evolve if you don't change and pivot you mm. get left behind you do you, you do, do. So. <laughs> me trying to figure out tiktok but you do <laughs> but when i figure it out girl i'm telling you <laughs> you're coming but, yes you're coming exactly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so, but today I, I do want you to get us together with our video game yes i i hear so often people say okay i don't want to get on camera because i don't yeah. think i look good enough they're thinking yeah. i need to look like jackie aina when i'm on yes. video or I <laughs> don't think their skin is clear enough, whatever the case may be. So yeah. how do we get over that initial mindset barrier yeah. to getting in front of a camera? You know what? I, I even for me, I had to like pull my step myself back a few steps as a coach. Um, if you look at my Instagram profile, it's kind of like my journal, my, my whole life is on Instagram, but I remember being on Instagram and never showing up without makeup. And then when I started coaching, I realized that I'm making my people insecure. I'm I'm showing them or giving them the wrong message. You can show up without all of the glam and still get your message across, right? So I started showing myself without it. And this was for my students. So I started putting myself out there to show them, hey, like that was so hard, but it was so worth it. So just showing them that, hey, you can do this too. You know, it's not about how you look. And so the, the shift in that is realizing your purpose. That there's this thing that comes to you all the time. First of all, you know, you should be on camera, girl. You hear this all the time. You're telling yourself this all the time. You're having this inner conversation. So it's time to do it. But what you need to do is write down your purpose. And when I talk about your purpose, most of us, our purpose is connected to some kind of pain that we have, right? Something that we've kind of gone through and we feel like I figured this out. I've lost 10 pounds. I can help someone, someone else do it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, and I love this. And so write down your purpose because what you're doing is when you look back in the next five years there, you could have helped hundreds of people, but you stopped because you were thinking about yourself mm-hmm. and your ego. 
right? Preach, preach a little bit. Wow. <laughs> so I like to say, figure out your purpose, that thing you love, that thing you can't forget about, the thing that keeps nagging you in your soul. Like for me, helping women get confident on camera is one of the things that just lights me up. And every time I see someone jump off I don't want to say a building, but that building and fly on camera, it just makes me so happy because I know I'm helping them create opportunities, create income. Like it's a whole other thing. And then they get excited and want to do more. And so that's the way that I look at it because I'm giving someone else abundance whenever I get on camera. So what abundance could you contribute to someone else when you get on? So why do you think then video has is so important these days? Yeah. What kind of results have you seen people get in their personal brands and businesses when they mm-hmm. finally incorporate video? I think um, we are no longer face to face. And I think that this pandemic taught us a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it pulled us back even more. And so companies like Zoom and Google had to step up because video is what's next. If I can't connect with you in person, video is what I'm going to have to depend on, right? So if I can't go door to door like we used to as salesmen before and give you a brochure, what I can do is get on camera and guide you over to my website right? So we want to think about it as a transition, just like we were saying, evolution from what we were doing before. And so when you are able to sit with someone and connect on camera, it's a different experience from just a graphic or a picture saying, go grab that. Mm-hmm. Completely different, mm-hmm. right? So it's the, the next thing to an in-person experience. When we're ready to start using video to build our brands, yeah. where do you think is the best place to start with that process? I really think um, understanding exactly who you're talking to, right? And understanding the process. So the process of, and I have a really good video about this on YouTube, um, the process of losing five pounds. So you want to think about the goal, which is five pounds, and you want to think about the starting right? Where that person is starting. And so even when we think about sales, we want to think about all the emotions that that person who is starting is feeling. I'm too lazy to just get up and work out. I eat all day. I don't feel good about myself. I feel sluggish. So that's your sales when it comes to video. So what what can you share about each of those thoughts Mm -hmm. that that person is having, right? And that is going to start priming them to let them know. So when you're talking about it, it's priming them to let them know that you are the person that knows the answer. You are the person. So now you've started positioning yourself as the expert or as that go-to person. So really understanding who you're talking to and what their struggles are is what's going to keep you flowing and just just going through your content or, or even your products and services, right? Understand exactly who you're serving and connect that to your purpose. A lot of times we're looking at people like, well you know what? She's teaching the same thing I'm teaching. No, she's not. Mm -hmm. What's different about you and what Mm -hmm. you do? Example, someone who is teaching people how to um, be an influencer is completely different or how to go viral is different from what I teach. I teach groundwork, foundational longevity in your business using video, right? So it's completely different. I teach you how to use products, digital products. I hate that word because I always... um, 
stumble over it, but <laughs> digital products, guys, and um, and your courses and your services. How do you sell sell on camera mm-hmm. as it pertains to those or growing your email list, things like that. That's what I focus on and that's what I teach. So that's what I'm going to talk about. I can't tell you how to sell. Um, uh, I don't know, because I feel like I can sell anything. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I can't teach you how to go viral because it's just not what I've done. I can't teach you how to be a vlogger who just um, completely vlogs and depends on Google AdSense because it's not what I do. Mm. So, yeah. You know, you mentioned something else mm-hmm. about having the quality of your images being something that would stop people sometimes yeah. from coming on camera. <laughs> and I have to say, when I first came across your page, I yeah. loved how stunning your video quality was. <laughs> it really, I mean, not only are you stunning, but it Thank comes you. across <laughs> in the video. So can you tell me how much I'm going to have to spend on equipment <laughs> if I want to get videos that look like yours? Um, you know, this is the crazy thing. And this is so funny. Um, if you look at my videos and my layouts, I always switch up, um, my background. I'm always trying out different lighting, different. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you'll see me with natural light, which costs zero dollars. Sometimes you'll see me with artificial lighting, you know? So it's like, it's, I think what's really good about what I do is I can show you how to create amazing video, um, on a budget. So people think that my, they think that I probably have a crew with me. Like anytime I'm walking a client through the course creation process and they see my videos, cause I use my courses as an example, they're like, wow. So did you have a crew do this? I'm like, no, this is what I'm going to teach you how to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's the funniest thing. So I'm just able to help other people achieve higher quality video. Um, another thing that I teach well, yeah, with equipment. But another thing that I teach is your on-camera presence. Because a lot of times you don't realize I'm probably using my back camera on my phone, but I'm reeling you all the way in with my on-camera presence, right? Because mm-hmm. I know exactly who I'm talking to. I know what we're talking about. And I have a flow in which I'm able to keep that person engaged and flowing through the end of the video. So a lot of it just has to do with you. So that's zero dollars too. Well, okay. But still, there has to be a minimum base level of equipment that I should have in order to have decent quality because I'm sure you have it already. If I click on a video and it's looking fuzzy and hazy, I'm clicking right off. So there has to be a a fair standard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I would say, um, I'm sure all of us have an updated phone. Um, when I say updated, maybe last three years or, you know, four years, which still has really high quality cameras. So Mm -hmm. your phone always the back camera. Although you can see yourself on the front camera, you always want to use your back camera and pay attention to the lens, right? Um, And so I'm talking to you like the people on the podcast can see me showing you my camera. (laughs) (laughs) We can envision it. (laughs) We can envision that. Um, And so just remembering to speak into your lens, having a tripod, don't depend on holding your phone or you can prop it on books. But a tripod is fairly affordable. You can find a good one for $20. You can find an even better one for $40. And I have a guide that if you would allow me to share, I would love to share um, so that, you know, you're able to see that guide has... um, 
a basic setup, it has an intermediate setup, and it has an advanced setup. So you can see all levels of. With video, your lighting is what matters, right? Mm. So even if you're using your phone, your light is really the key. Your light is what is going to bring your video to a whole other level. Mm. So whether it's window light or it's artificial lighting, like a diva ring light or um, your box lights or whatever it is, your lighting is key. You can have amazing video video with your phone all you need is a good light kit hmm. yes tips and i definitely will link your your list so people can take Yay. a look at that setup <laughs> um all right so now that we know we don't need a lot of money for equipment no. we don't necessarily need to hire someone to shoot it for us i mm-hmm. also, i wonder though another hurdle people have to go across is editing so is that yeah. something that you think people should invest the time and money in software and learning, or should we just outsource the editing of those videos? It really depends on where you are in your business. When I first started uh, doing all of my stuff, I edited everything myself because that's what I had. So I always like to say we either have time or we have money, right? So if you have time, learn how to edit. It's one of the best skills that I I own right now. And honestly, even moving forward, like I always tell myself, girl, there is no way that you cannot make money because um, I think it's one of the top skills that you should have right now in this pandemic to be able to make a lot of money because editing is at least 150 an hour, right? So if you're a good editor. And so... <laughs> learn how to edit. It's not that crazy. I think we think about it in an intimidating way. Video is such a beautiful process, guys. Like, I don't even know how to explain it to you. It's something that I was even afraid of. I I used to be afraid of taking pictures. But as I <laughs> dived into it and kept learning, yeah, uh, my skill kept growing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So learn. And if you, if you have the money, definitely hire somebody. If you have the money right out the gate, hire for sure. Because I'm not going to have you waste your time on learning something that you are not going to use. Mm-hmm. But I also believe in knowing how to do something because you know how you want it done. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you can call people on the BS if they're not really following the right process. Yes. What kind of content have you found resonates on Instagram versus YouTube for um, businesses? I feel like it's a mixture. I have a whole class about this. <laughs> have whole, everything. <laughs> yes, I have a whole free class about it. So you can definitely check that out. But shameless plug. But um, I think that for... They're both different platforms and they work in different ways. YouTube is more of a search engine, right? So if I'm looking for how to create videos on Canva, that's the kind of content that I'm looking to post. However, it's, it's such a, a slimy slope because people still want to connect with you. They still want to know more about you because that's what's going to prompt them to buy. So it really mm-hmm. depends on the business's goals. That's the first thing that I want to say, because some people are on YouTube to um, create a show. And so their business goals are different from mine. Mm -hmm. Their goals would be probably growing so that they get paid from Google AdSense or to shop their show. And that's not what I'm specifically, that's not the main goal. If I get picked up by a company to talk about their products, cool. But my main goal on YouTube is to help find my people and serve them with my content. So my people are looking for how to create better, a better presence online, how to create a better visual presence online, how to stand out amongst the noise. You know, Mm -hmm. how do I keep these companies eyes on me? Because when you have a brand's eyes on you, 
you are also going to have their audience's eyes on you, mm. right? So it allows you to scale faster. So things like that is what I love sharing about. But now on Instagram, I feel like it's a bit more, people want to know more of who you are, um, what do you do that can probably help us or, you know, like it's, it's a different, it's not so much, um, based on searching. So although hashtags make it searchable. So some of my strategies for YouTube, I do use on Instagram, but I feel like YouTube, first of all, YouTube ranks. As soon as you go into Google, YouTube's owned by Google. Mm -hmm. You can find a solution. I'm not necessarily looking for a solution on Instagram. That's true. Right. So we got to think about the different ways that I feel like um, Instagram is much more instant, which is why I always say like, I hope that people, Instagram is a, it's a, it's a wheel. You, you gotta, it keeps you, you have to keep posting. You have to, um, keep engaged. You have to, with YouTube, you can definitely grow. You post your videos, you go away you do Instagram. I'm kidding. Or you do your work because you shouldn't be on social media all day. <laughs> and, and then, um, you know, you come back and with YouTube, you see that, oh, wow, people are commenting, people are viewing, people are signing up for my email list. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do anything much. Mm-hmm. Whereas on Instagram, so let's say it, it's a week, a week time frame, And I post one video on YouTube that's going to grow my email list by let's say 200 subscribers. And then I'm on Instagram. I have to post probably, you know, five times to get that same, Hey, I, you know, like, Hey, focus here. <laughs> so it's just you different have to factor that it takes much more work or I feel like it, it does. Seems yeah. To take more work, but the payoff is much greater on YouTube. Yeah. Seems like. I do feel like that. Cause I have people finding me from videos I created forever ago. Mm-hmm. Um, people are always like, Oh my gosh, I found you on YouTube. And then they come over to Instagram. And so I kill two birds with one stone kind of, you know? So, um, yeah, I feel like it's more, I like to call YouTube, um, more of a home home, like, you know, where people can find me, they can interact and engage or seeing me moving and talking. Mm-hmm. They get to binge all of my content. And I get people telling me that all the time, like, you know, I just spent five hours with you and I'm like, Oh wow, that's wow. pretty cool. Now the thing is because it's video content, most of my clients come ready to pull the trigger. They already know if they align with my values and my morals. They already kind of feel out who I am. Mm-hmm. They already see the quality of my work. So I don't have to sell them. They're really selling me sometimes. Like, <laughs> do I want to take on your project? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what the power of video is like. They've spent hours with me. I wasn't even present in person. I was probably creating something else for them. And so now they know that most people get into my inbox saying, Hey, I know I want to work with you. Right. So that's one of the beautiful things about video content and people finding you on autopilot. Wow. Yeah. Now, that, that is the pitch if I've ever heard. Of. <laughs> <laughs> so now for anyone who's thinking Zaley, I must work with you. 
How can mm-hmm. we make that happen? How can these people find you? Sure. You can definitely find me over at ZaleaBarclay.com and you can find out more about how I work there. I have two aspects to business. I have my video side where I have my academy and my mastermind. And I also have where I teach about how to create online courses. Um, I am a Thinkific expert, so I am native to that platform. I definitely love that platform. And I have uh, Think in Color coming up, which is an amazing summit that we do annually. Um, and we have some amazing speakers. We just shared yesterday who they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, so yeah, um, you can find me over at dailybarclay.com and you know, I'll guide you through on how we can work together. Sounds good. Thank you so much, yes. Daily. I appreciate this. Thank you. I really appreciate you for having me here. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. See you on the next one.